All right, guys, we're back with another episode of Bench Dash. And Leo, it is finally August. Are your balls tingling? So clapping for the month of August. Uh, A little tingle, a little tingly. Yeah, the good kind of tingle, not the let's go see the doctor tingle. The like, oh, this is is good. We like this tingle. Yeah, not rubbing like Bengay all over your nether regions tingle? No, the tingle from from Zelda. Was that his name, Tingle? The little elf dude that helped you out? Did you play enough Zelda to be familiar with him? Am I talking to myself I'm going to go this? ahead and say yes. Okay, you don't know. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, <laughs> so, yeah, camp has finally broken for all the teams. And so far, we've already had some, some interesting tidbits, some players getting carted off the field, as what generally happens in August. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Arian Foster is annihilating conditioning tests. Just that, yeah. slaying them. That is, like, the most coach-speaky camp talk thing that you should ever ignore that I've ever heard. Like, annihilating conditioning tests. All right, like, calm down. Players no, he's, pass he's their conditioning tests that then are awful the entire year, every year. It means nothing. It means nothing at all. No, he's, he's going all Bay Harbor butcher on those Southern Florida <laughs> conditioning tests. Wow, you had that wow, one just locked and loaded. Boom. You were ready Woo. for that. They'll be like, sir... We found pieces of conditioning tests in the bay. Somebody has been murdering them. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that, yeah. that doesn't make a oh, lot we'll of sense. We'll just roll right. with that one. But yeah, it's, uh, it's Hungry Ghost Month here in Singapore. And speaking of Arian Foster, well, well, a little bit of backstory on that. That's basically where people put out food so the ghost can come out and uh, eat the food, essentially. Kind of to pay respect in a certain way, but slightly different. But, it sounds you know, like some uh, like Hayao Miyazaki shit, something you'd see in like Spirited Away to Yeah, that's electric exactly what boogaloo. it is, actually. It's Spirited Away month. Is it? Okay, basi- that makes more Yeah, sense. transitioning from that, we should basically uh, give Jay Ajahi's time as a starting running back a, a good rest in peace. Maybe yeah. pay some homage to the, him. The funeral of Jay Ajahi's time as a starting running back, except that none of that means anything. I still don't buy it. I don't care what they say. Look, a general, a good rule of thumb... Here's my thumb. A good rule of thumb is any good news you hear in camp, ignore. It's all fluff and doesn't mean anything. Any bad news all you right. hear is something to like actually pay attention to. Like Jordy tweaking his not bad knee at the beginning of camp. I was a little worrisome. Keep an eye his out hiccup? on that. His, his little hiccup, his little knee hiccup. Yeah. yeah. Didn't know knees had, had lungs or, or stomachs, whatever caused hiccups. I don't know. But apparently his knee hiccup, yes. <laughs> Well, Zeke uh, already strained his hamstring today. I he did. Zeke, Zeke think, is a bust, actually. That's what happened today. First day of training camp, Cowboys like, you know what? We picked wrong. He's a bust. Send him back. Put him back in the pool. So it's uh, on the Alfred Morris hype train. Alfred Morris hype train, yep. <laughs> no, Zeke <laughs> did right, get guys. stuffed a little bit, but, you know, this means that he's oh, yeah. no longer a first, second, third, or fifth round pick. Stuffed like my teddy bear named Kirk Cousins. That's, that's nope, not true. That's bad. It's really bad. But anyways, we should probably jump into <laughs> what we're actually doing today on this pod, which is another mock draft. Mm-hmm. Last time we just did a typical standard mock. Today we're going to tackle the draft strategy of the zero RB, which is all the rage this season. Yes. So we're going to draft two separate teams with the zero RB mentality. Yes. Now. We're going to go a little bit hard into the zero RB just to show you guys what a team will potentially look like if you mm-hmm. kind of neglect the running back position. Yeah. 
Now, Leo and I are both kind of advocates of drafting running backs early, so this might be a little bit painful for us, but Gonna be I guess tough. it would be a good exercise. That's, what, that's why you mock draft, basically, so you can yeah. see what the strategy looks like and what your team would end up as. So, you, okay, well, maybe it's not as bad as I thought, but we'll be drafting out of the 1 and 12 hole this time. Mm-hmm. So two different extremes. Leo will be drafting in the 1 hole, and I will be drafting in the 12 hole, ideally. Should we just go ahead and jump into this draft? Let's here? jump in. There's a chance this draft is already filled up, and we're going to have to find a new one. So let's try it. Let's hop in. I have clicked yeah, enter draft. I have clicked enter draft. It looks like I got in in the one spot. Okay, let's see here. The 12 spot is taken. Take the 11 spot. That looks open for me. Okay. And that's, yeah, that would be just as effective. Yeah, all right. Let me take this spot here. That just goes to show that we're actually, you know, live. There we go. Yes, this is not pre-recorded. I mean, it's pre-recorded when you watch it, but... You don't really we go. Know I'm in at here. the 11th spot. You're in. Looks like we have some other fantasy mockers with us. It's off to a promising start, it considering is. It it's is. Uh, 1 a.m. on the East Coast in the States. Now that we've hit August, I think people are just uh, always out. Ooh, greetings from Miami. Greetings from oh. from Cali Fofo. <laughs> we're actually okay. We're talking to the uh, the other mockers uh, of summer. Is this is not how you mock draft. I mean, we yeah, got no, we got course. seven seconds to kill. Oh God, seven seconds! I got to make my pick. Oh, this is okay. We're going zero RB, so I think your pick is going to be fairly straightforward for the first. Are one. you in the same draft as me? I don't see you. You see, maybe it just hasn't refreshed for me. But yeah, it has. I am. I'm in the eleven spot. Okay, then I won't worry about it. Well, uh, this is an easy pick. This would be one. Ant-Man Brown, before I actually lock in the pick, I just want to say if I wasn't doing zero RB, uh, I'd probably be taking a God Turtley here. But because we're doing that zero RB hype train life, I'll select Antonio Brown. Uh, To quickly review what the zero RB strategy is, the sort of core version of it, is you spend your first... Oh, it refreshed. It shows you now. Uh, Your first five rounds, you basically want to take all wide receivers unless you can A take an elite tight end like Gronk or perhaps Jordan Reed, and or B, you see in like the fourth or fifth round a really good value running back, like someone that has just slipped too far and you're like, all right, I can't ignore this value. But for the most part, you're looking to go all wide receiver. Yeah, and then hope that you end up with some combination of a Pizza Hut and a Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) That combination of Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah, so the, the, the mid-round running backs that you're looking to grab are the third-down pass-catching backs or part of a timeshare back that has a chance to steal the job at some point. Or if you're lucky, they'll still be like a, uh, like a Jonathan Stewart yeah. left in the draft in the fifth or sixth round. Probably not, but... Jonathan Stewart is like the ultimate zero RB target. If he's still sitting there in the fifth or sixth round, like take him because he, he sort of like is someone that can really support this strategy, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, that would be fantastic value in the fifth round. If you want wide receiver for the first four picks and then you're able to snag a legitimate starter in Jonathan Stewart, then the strategy doesn't look as dicey in my eyes. Okay, it's almost my pick here. So I am going to be deciding between, well, depending on what F pick. Oh, Zeke, there it is. (laughs) Um, It looks like it's down to, for me at least, Dez 
or AR-15. I think I'm going to go Dez here, actually. Yeah. I'm going to go Dez because I think you might see a complete turnaround from Dallas. And if you look at their strength of schedule, they have the best schedule for wide receivers. I know it's August, so not much can be put into that, but it's still something to look at. Uh, Miller and Gronk got taken, so there's that elite tight end. So now AR-15 is sitting there for me, but there are also some other interesting options since I do have a little bit of time here. We have Jordy, who we just mentioned had a, a brief hiccup with his other knee. Brandon Marshall, whose ADP has been skyrocketing. Keenan Allen, Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I'm going to go with AR-15 here. I think we we will see a little bit of regression from Bortles, but I think Allen Robinson has that elite-level talent to where it's not really going to make much of a difference for him. I think Jacksonville will improve as a team, so they won't be chasing games as much, but he'll still be heavily involved in the red zone, and he's the clear-cut number one wide receiver in Jacksonville, so I like him here at this pick. Yeah, I like that pick because that's kind of the end of that tier of wide receivers. Like After that, it starts to get a little bit dicey. It'd almost be kind of a reach to take any of the other guys there and not take uh, Jamal about that base, Charles. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, there were some other names to consider. I mean, if you believe that Alshon Jeffrey is that elite level wide receiver when on the field, then mm-hmm. he would have been an option there. But I've seen him sliding a lot lately in mock drafts, like into the third round even. I guess people aren't really on the Alshon train this year. No, it doesn't seem that way. They kind of have a bad taste in their mouth from the the injuries last year, but I still really like him. If he makes it to me here, if the computer doesn't, t- oof, all right. There he is. So here I am. Bam. The wide receivers that are at my fingertips are Alshon, uh, Mike Evans, Brandon Cooks. Um, Mari Cooper went. He's someone I probably would eyed here. So that's kind of, you know, Demarius Thomas is interesting. Maybe Sammy. I do kind of want to consider the guys I would normally take in the third round anywhere because I don't pick again for 24 picks. So it's, not really reaching to take anyone that goes later in the third round if I like them enough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm definitely taking Alshon. That's an easy pick out of these guys. Target Monster, focal point of that offense. When he is healthy, he is a beast. And, uh, you know, it, one, one season of chronic injuries doesn't suggest that he is suddenly an injury-prone guy. Uh, and as we come around the other side... Now, who are you going to take here? I want to take Mark Ingram, but I won't. Um... Evans, Cooks, Demarius, or Sammy? This is a this, this is a tougher choice. I'm kind of leaning Demarius a little bit, a little bit. Uh, I like that he's undervalued this year for he sure. Is, yeah, like Evans is. I think Evans might be a little overvalued. I'm starting to sour on Evans a little bit, and I like Cooks' floor a lot, but that's a crowded offense and a standard scoring, which is the, what this draft is. I worry about his upside a little bit. Uh, so I'll take Demarius as my third wide receiver. I am very happy with that trio. Yeah, Antonio Alshon and Demarius Targaryen. That's a solid way for a zero RB. Mm-hmm. And let's see who's left on the board. Uh, oh, there goes Watkins. Actually, Watkins was somebody I was eyeing there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll have a legitimate shot at Cobb if he makes it to me, which I would be completely okay with at the back end of the third round but 
there's still a lot of picks, so a lot can happen. Somebody will probably take Kelvin because the love is strong with the Kelvin Benjamin. Sure. And then Cobb is next on the rankings list at Fantasy Draft Calculator, which is where we are drafting. So if you guys want to do a mock draft, this is a spot to do it. It Very is, yeah. easy to jump into mocks and test these draft strategies. Yeah, and it's a good representation of kind of like a ADP across the industry. You know, it's yeah. not the same as you're going to see at ESPN or Yahoo, but it's kind of a good average of the two. So it's a, and it's always a, the drafts are always full too. I mean, we have a couple computers now, but at 10 o'clock Pacific time, it's surprising we have even this many people in. Yeah, and you can tell if, if people are mock drafting at this hour and the beginning of August, you know they're pretty serious about their fantasy football. Mm-hmm. So it's a good gauge to test your draft strategies on because you won't, I mean, you get the occasional newbie yeah. that will just take, you know, Aaron Rodgers third overall or something like that. But typically you see pretty smart drafts, and Cobb just got taken right before. Yeah, it looked like Cobb was Snaked. the guy you were eyeing. Snaked. So I have a couple of names on the board that I'm looking at. Jarvis Landry, Julian Edelman, Golden Tate, Doug Baldwin, Jeremy Macklin. Uh, I'm not in love with any of these guys, Mm. but who I do like and I will pick here is one Jeremy Macklin, Mm, which might be a bit of a reach, but I'm going to pick again soon, and I'm not 100% certain that he makes it back to me even though it's only a couple of picks. But the guy drafting out of the 12th spot here took a running back and a tight end, so he's looking to, oh, never mind. He's going uh, the other direction wow. here. Wow, ignoring wide okay. receiver. Okay. He's just completely neglecting the wide receiver. So now I have everybody that I was choosing from anyways. So it was basically two names out of that list that I just presented. Um, the fourth round here, the beginning of the fourth round, I think I'm going to go with more of a floor-level wide receiver, mm. and take uh, Jarvis Landry here. I like it. So, I like uh, it. It's a good pick. Very safe. Very safe to mix in with Dez and AR-15, who should theoretically have high upsides. Mm-hmm. Macklin is the focal point of the Kansas City passing attack, which is not much of a passing attack, to be frank. But he was able to put up very respectable numbers last year, and outside of Jeremy Macklin, I mean, who else is on Kansas City? There's there's virtually nobody. No, he's the so guy. Kelsey will see some targets. Kelsey is actually geared up to have a big year. I know we've been talking about this a lot, but I think he finally breaks out this year. But really? Jeremy Macklin, yeah. Why is I, that? I think I'm, this is the year. Give me your, your Travis Kelsey pitch. Oh, this is I'm just I'm looking at this strength of schedule and uh the team that has the easiest schedule as, as of August second <laughs> is, is Kansas City. In terms of the tight end. So, oh. and the fact that there aren't really any other Miles defeat in the passing game, I mean, it just, he has the athletic ability, he has the opportunity, talent and opportunity always make a great combination for a fantasy player. And he's been on like the precipice of breaking out for so long. And we know it generally takes tight ends a few years to really hit their stride. So I, I think we might see some like third, fourth year tight ends really break out this season eric ebron is another name i'm looking mm. at it's his third year in the nfl uh but yeah i do like kelsey he might be a tight end that i target in the, the fifth or sixth round if we're going mm. hard into the zero rb strategy here sure. so what are you thinking for your next pick well uh if 
one Jonathan Stewart makes it back to me, uh, I will definitely take him here at this 4-5 turn. Uh, of the wide receivers available, uh, I like Golden Tate. Um, okay, so Jonathan Stewart is here, uh, so I'll be taking him with one of these picks. I like Tate. I like Decker. Um, Moncrief is my fourth receiver. I like the upside, just being part of that offense. Uh, I'm kind yeah. of low on Michael Floyd this year. Been just inconsistent his whole career. I don't know if I buy that he suddenly, the switch has flipped and he's the guy. Yeah. Um, I like, ooh, Tyler Lockett down there looking at me, but I'm not going to take him here. Um, <laughs> yeah, a little early for Tyler Lockett. Early. So I'll go ahead and lock in Jonathan Stewart. So uh, I know I'm taking him. Well, you know, we'll pretend like that was my fifth round pick, but at the turn, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and of these wide receivers, I kind of am leaning Moncrief. Okay, I like that in the yeah. fifth round. Yeah, I think tell I the like, people why. Uh, I like his. You know, as I mentioned, his upside is the number two in that offense. If you believe that Andrew Luck bounces back, then you should believe in who his number two receiver is. Uh, and like. I like him more than Decker here because Decker's more of a floor play, uh, and I think Tate's kind of a floor play too. Yeah. And as my fourth wide receiver, I don't need someone with a high floor. I think I want someone that uh, can shoot for the moon with a little bit. So take Moncrief, see what happens. Yeah, he also could be on the verge of a huge breakout season. I know a lot of fantasy analysts are all over Dante Moncrief this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, And last year he showed the capability, just not – the consistency so you're hoping that going into his third year now that he'll kind of shape things up a little bit and getting Andrew yeah. Luck back should certain should certainly help with that so yeah I mean that whole offense was kind of in disarray last year with the offensive line problems and then Luck being injured you kind of have to erase it a little bit for those uh, skill position players yeah, and Philip Dorsett, too, is another name to keep an eye on because word from Colts camp is that they're going to run a lot of three wide receiver sets, mm-hmm. and Dorsett will be seeing a lot of the field, and he's next in line in case T.Y. Hilton or Dante Moncrief go down to an injury, and they both have shown throughout their career that they are susceptible to getting hurt. And there goes yes. Ryan Matthews. I was keeping an eye on the board here. Yeah. Okay, so if I'm going to take an RB... Coming back either in the fifth round here or coming back in the sixth round. Let's see who I have left to choose from. I have one Jeremy Langford, Fat Jerry, as you call him. Fat Jerry. D'Angelo Williams. Okay, let's see who's left on the wide receiver. Let's go see if I start five wide receivers here. Alan Hearns, Emmanuel Sanders, Larry Fitzgerald, Jordan Matthews, John Brown. And the running back position, Jeremy Langford. Woo! There's not a lot in the running back. It's getting thin, man. Category. It's getting, it's getting thin. really thin. I'm going to have to go ahead and take Jeremy Langford for now. Not mm. that I really like this pick, but theoretically he is the starter in Chicago. And I should be able to grab Jordan Howard at the end of the draft. Mm. I don't think a lot of... Oh, I wanted to take Jordan Matthews, actually. I should have mm. just done that. Second guess myself, and this is what happens, but there are still happens. some other great wide receivers on the board here. Beginning of the sixth round, I like, actually, my favorite wide receiver from the Arizona receiving core is John Brown, so I'm going to take him here. I think as a well, fifth receiver now, yeah, he offers a ton of upside. So I have a lot of upside receivers on my team with Dez, 
Well, Dez is just a complete package if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Allen Robinson, uh, and then some safer picks and Macklin and Landry, and then another upside receiver on John Brown, who could be the best receiver in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, coupled with the best running back in the NFL, Jeremy Langford. I think things are off to a flying start for my team yeah. drafting out of the 11 hole. I like Jeremy Langford's value at the end of the fifth because he is he is the starter there, even if it, it's getting called the committee in a platoon, but we don't really have any evidence to believe that. We just kind of have coach speak saying, well, we might be doing this. So I think it's like we should yeah. assume that he's the guy because all he has behind him is a lot of a lot of unproven trash. So... Whoa, whoa. That's yeah. insulting to Jordan Howard, the bench dash pick. I like him a lot as a, a late round guy. Breakout rookie running back. But it's a yeah. bit presumptuous to assume he's just going to dethrone fat Jerry, you know? Well, word out of camp was that he put on weight so he was able to run between the tackles a little bit more effectively because sure. he got banged up a little bit and sure. he wasn't as as effective as at shedding tacklers. So he could have been just hitting the weights. Now, who's to say it's all fat? Fat Jerry needs to put down the deep dish. That's what I got to say. I know you're in Chicago. I know they got that great deep dish, but uh, put it down, yeah. Yeah. Is that his, his new nickname? Yeah. I don't know any of the, the stats on when a running back has gained weight, what their production has been like that year, but I got to imagine it's mostly poor. I got to imagine the production goes down. You don't usually see a running back gain weight and they get better. It usually goes the other way. Usually you want well, to yeah, see them shed I mean, like 10 pounds and then they're quicker. Recency bias, right? It happened to Eddie Lacy last year, and we all saw what happened to Eddie Lacy last year. Yeah. I actually think the poster boy of voting the opposite way is Le'Veon Bell. His rookie year, he was a bit bigger, and he was good but not great, and then he shed some weight, slimmed down, and now he's, he's elite. Speaking of Le'Veon Bell, he won the first round and eighth overall. Round. This guy goons, his team, is, uh, he, took, he went running back heavy, but it's all like the risky running backs. There's like the floor with that running back trio is very scary. Yeah. Oh, here we are. I was really hoping Melvin Gordon might make it back to me. I like him a lot as a sixth-round running back. Um, so as I sit here, I do want to take another running back. I do like Gio Bernard quite a bit this year um, with with um, one Fat Jerry Hill. <laughs> That's going <laughs> to be your... Everyone named Jeremy is <laughs> Fat Jerry. Uh yeah, I kind of like I like his upside there because at this point in zero RB, you're kind of taking the third down back who has a chance of stealing the job in front of him, and I yep. think Geo has that opportunity. He's more of a seventh round pick than a sixth, but I'm at the turn, and Melvin Gordon, my other target's gone, so I will take Geo, and then I'm going to look to go wide receiver again here on the other side. Um, Manny Fitz Gordon Flash Flash, Tile Driver Kevin White. So I think out of this list, uh, my favorite choice is the tile driver. Yeah, I knew uh, this was going to happen. Yeah, I got to I got to quote one uh, Matt Harmon on this in his reception perception of Tyler Lockett. Uh, that is he what says it's called. That yes. he is the next Allen Robinson. He's this year's Allen Robinson. And if you recall, AR fifteen had quite the year last year. It's a so, hot take, and I believe it. I believe in everything he says because I watched every single snap the tile driver took last year. So, so you think this is breakout star, Tyler Lockett? I think the only thing that holds him back is if that offense goes back to extremely run-heavy, low-volume passing. And I think they might try to, but I think that offensive line is going to be so poor that they'll kind of be forced to lean on Russell a little bit more. Christine Michael doesn't care. <laughs> Girl, he's a starting running back of the Seattle Seahawks. Trade? No. 
Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. He's just going to bowl through the defensive line to an MVP caliber season. We've been talking about it for years. But Have this, we? It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. See, Mike? He had flashes okay. of being good towards the end of last year. But, nope. See, Mike Hype Train is, has run out of steam. The coal yeah. in the engine room is empty. He was That's actually startable. He was. <laughs> at, the, at the end of the fantasy season. Oh, is Delaney Walker going to be sitting here for me at the oh, end of the seventh? Your boy Laney. Delaney. Laney. One of the best tight ends in the National Football League of footballs. Of footballs, sure. Who else? Who's on the board in the wide receiver position here? Josh Gordon, huh? The end of the seventh? Oh, Deshaun. Man, his ADP starting to rise, too. I was hoping I could snag Deshaun in, like, the 8th or ninth. actually. That's a solid pick by Miami yeah. Nice. He's going there for a while, yeah. He's, he's a little undervalued this year. He's always going to be boom or bust, but if he can stay healthy all year, he will, I think, return that wide receiver to value. Yeah, definitely. Okay, oh, Josh Gordon just went Duke Johnson. So what is left for me? We have, ooh, Sterling Shepard is an interesting name. I've been hearing that the name as a little camp bit has opened. Early... Who do we have left in the running back position? Amir Abdullah, Justin Forsett, Thierry, Jay Ajahi. Ajahi. <laughs> End of the seventh. Rashad Jennings is sitting out there still, and word is that he is a clear-cut starter in New York. Yeah. I mean, but, he, he is until he gets hurt. Yeah, that's, that's very true. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and take my boy Rashad. I like what he did at the end of the year as soon as McAdoo was like, all right, we're not messing around with this running back by committee business anymore, mm-hmm. trying to hand it to like four different guys. So, and he, they focused on Rashad Jennings. Oh, there sh- you go, Sterling Shepard. killing me, this Man, draft. you are ruining this draft for yourself. This is why I don't draft <laughs> zero running back, because I'm just <laughs> terrible at it. Okay, so that leaves us with... One Michael Crabtree at the beginning of the eighth. Actually, you know who's still here? Your Delaney boy Laney. Walker. Your boy Laney, huh? Going to pull the trigger on in him the in the eighth, eighth round? I'm pulling the trigger in the eighth round. All right. All right. Woo. He's going to uh, put up top five tight end numbers. Eighth round value, solid. Solid. All right. I mean, you're going to eat those words when he is solid the, the 16th best tight end at the end of the year. When... What was our bet that uh, Ladarius Green outscores him in points per game when that happens? The 16th best fantasy player is what Delaney Walker will <laughs> that, be next season. That sounds impossible. <laughs> I don't think that. Oh, it's possible, and it's going to happen. Just wait. Sure. Mario loves some Delaney. He loves Delaney. Loves Delaney. Loves Delaney. All right. Well, while you keep saying that, I'm going to start looking ahead to my pick. Um, yep. Interesting options here in the eighth round. If Yeldon makes it to me, I will be very happy about that. I think he is a fantastic zero RB target in the eighth, ninth turn area. Uh, he should be the third down back there. And if Chris Ivory ever goes down, he'll just be the guy there because everything behind him is trash. So I think Yeldon is a screaming value. I think he's going a little too late. Hopefully he makes it yeah. to me. I'm going to assume he makes it to me and start looking at wide receivers. Just finally be like, yep, I got it. Here comes Yeldon. Well, they got you got Tevin Coleman there too. Holster, Tevin Actually, Coleman in the running back field. Boom. All right, so I'm definitely going to take TJ Yeldon. And uh, yeah, Tevin Coleman is the other guy I like here for 
kind of the reverse reason. I think Devontae Freeman is going to be the third down back there no matter what, unless he suffers a season-ending injury. But I think the early down work is up for grabs. Uh, I, I think that if Coleman plays well enough, the opportunity is there. Uh, one Tevin Coleman is coming. One, uh, well, definitely one TJ Yeldon. Oh, TJ Yeldon and Tevin Coleman. Are you going running back, running back here? I mean, at this point, I got I got five wide receivers. I don't know. I you know, I think I got to start uh, bolstering the running back corpse a little bit. I think that's a. Uh, I've been told well, that's yeah. That's how the zero running back works. Um, I also like Justin Forsett. Oh God! After that, it takes a yeah. nose. Oh, Charles Sims is good too, though. Oh, yeah, in the ninth round too. There's a lot oh, of great zero yeah. running back. This is a kind of a, a gold mine. Really, it's between uh, it's between those three. Forsett still too murky. Hmm. I think I'm gonna take Charles Sims. For Do this, it for the same reason I'm taking T.J. Yeldon, the the third down back who will have huge value if he ever takes over the job during the season. And Tampa Bay has a great schedule for running back, one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Not to keep on harping on the strength of schedule thing in early August, but it is promising at this point. Charles Sims. Okay, so I need to start looking at running back as well. If you look at my roster, I have two running backs, Fat Jerry Langford and Rashad. So I need to start hopping on these potential... Uh, job-stealing running backs here. I'm just looking at who is left. Tevin Coleman's still on the board. I highly doubt he makes it to me, to be honest. If he does, I'm snatching him up. Yeah. Snatching him. LeGarrette Blunt is an interesting name here. This late in the ninth round. Yeah. Uh, Because he could potentially be a touchdown machine. And if he's not, taking him in the ninth round, it's not really going to hurt me if he falls on his face. So that's an interesting option. And then the rest, we get into this kind of handcuff, might potentially challenge the starter field with ProSize and Dixon. I guess Carlos Williams, if he ever returns. Theo mm-hmm. Riddick, Chris Johnson. And word out of Arizona is that the offensive coordinator just said that Chris and David are about equal as runners. Mm. Uh oh! Uh oh! There's Tevin Coleman. It's a, it's a little. It perturbs me a little bit that the David Johnson truthers are just choosing to ignore everything we're hearing about Chris Johnson and the fact that it isn't David Johnson's job for sure. Chris Johnson's going to be involved. And they're just ignoring it. They're like, no, no, no. That doesn't mean anything. You got to yeah, exactly. take into consideration, man. It's possible. Oh man! There goes Blunt and Coleman, the oh. two guys I just talked about. Yep. So now I'm into this crop of rookie running backs that could potentially steal the job deandre washington Devonte booker cj Prosize, kenneth dixon or just handcuffs mm-hmm. charizard west Bilal powell actually i'm gonna take Bilal powell here now that i saw his Ooh. name word is that it's going to be more of a timeshare more of a split actually between Bilal, Bilal, Bilal and forte mm-hmm so it could end up being something like a 55-45. Forte will get the slight edge, but Bilal is going to be heavily involved. And now I have another shot here at the 10th spot. And yeah, none of those other guys went, so. You know who else is here is one Kirky Cousins. <laughs> you could. You could waste a pick on Kirk Cousins in the 10th round. No, I'm going to go with... Jeez, who am I going to go with here? 
think I'm going to go with Chris Johnson. I like it. I like that pick. I mean, he was putting up fantastic numbers last year until he went down to injury. Mm-hmm. And now it's like he doesn't exist. People don't want to acknowledge the fact that he's still in Arizona. Just got a contract to stay in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But they're like, oh, no, he's not David Johnson. He's the wrong one. You know, he's not the right Johnson. So there's a chance that David Johnson comes out and struggles a little bit. And Arizona wants to win right now. And they're not going to sit there and just feed David Johnson the ball if he's not as effective as he was towards the end of last season. And again, sample size is small. Yeah. So it's who's a, to say that? Yeah. The CJ he doesn't Anderson, come out. Jeremy Hill conundrum of you know having ending the season hot doesn't mean you are suddenly an elite player. Yeah, we need to see a full season of it. And I do think that David Johnson is ultra talented. I just want to see him come out and dominate right from the get go. Yeah. And if he doesn't. Chris Johnson is just sitting there waiting in the wings, ready to steal those touches. Yeah, I usually err on the side of uh, I'd rather be a year late than a year too early. I'd rather yeah. miss on David Johnson this year, but then know it's for real and I can take him just as high next year than you know swing for the fences this year. And all, turns out he was a flash in the pan. Yeah, well, look where this team called Computer took him. Top five. <laughs> Computer. You're so insane. That's an interesting name, you know? Yeah. I think it's a ruse, though. I think it's a real person that just Probably named real. themselves Computer. Yeah, kept their name gray just to, just to fake us out. All right, it's back to me. Uh, let's look at what I got here. When I look at the running back got? pool, um, kind of Dixon is interesting, although it's a very murky situation. Carlos, I just kind of don't really want any part of this year. Uh, Theo is interesting. Dante Booker. I do think... Booker. Looking at the the quarterback pool, I don't think I trust that Tyrod or any of these other guys are going to make it back to me. And Romo's sitting right here, and I really like Romo this year. So I'm going to pull the trigger here. Romo in the 10th. Yeah, Boom. you have the 10th and 11th, so basically the same. Yeah, you could call it an 11th round pick. I happily will. So I'm sitting here in the 11th. I think I want to take another another running back. The tight end pool is... Mm, I don't feel like I need to reach for any of these guys right now. No, I'm sure Ebron or Allen will be waiting for you in the 12th yeah. or 13th. So uh, Of the guys left, I think I'm going to go uh, Devonta Booker. I think is the guy I want I like to take it. here, Devontae Booker. The uh, next Arian Foster, yeah, Devontae I mean, Booker. He's, what, he's got C.J. Anderson in front of him, who has been inconsistent at best. So who's to say he doesn't come in and just uh, wrestle that job away at some point? Wrestling, yeah. And he has great pass-catching ability. Mm-hmm. So he could be the third down back from the get-go. I mean, Ronnie Hillman is still there. I feel like people forgot about Ronnie Hillman, that he just doesn't exist. But yeah. <laughs> but but Booker should have the inside track. I think they drafted him hoping that he would turn into maybe the third down back to start his career and then work his way into the starting role. I've seen like rumors that uh Ronnie Hillman's on the roster bubble. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised actually. Yeah. Let's see. Okay, it's coming back around to me, so I'm going to have to take a quarterback probably with one of my next two picks, or else I'll really be getting down to the nitty-gritty. I mean, which isn't the end of the world, because at this point you can kind of plan to stream that position. Yeah. Oh, Michael Thomas. That's a good pick. Uh, 
Who's left in the running back field here? Let's take, I think, DeAndre Washington is going to be my pick. Mm. I'm not going to second-guess myself and wait and be like, oh, he'll be there on the, the turn when it comes back to me because that has just blown up in my face twice already this draft. So I'm going to take DeAndre Washington. I think running behind the Oakland line, which is vastly improved, he has a shot of, you know, getting a lot of early season work as a third down back. And if Latavius Murray goes down to an injury, then he'll step right into basically a full-blown workhorse role. Yeah. And then coming back, the 12th round, I can grab a QB. Probably find a lot of value here. I have Tyrod Taylor, Matt Ryan, and Matthew Stafford here. All fantastic 12th round value quarterbacks. And it just goes to show, this is proof that you really don't need to pull the trigger on a quarterback early. This draft wasn't as bad. Aaron and Cam both went in the fourth round. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron. Aaron. The quarterback that I'm going to choose since my love child, Kirk Cousins, is not available is one Tyrod, Tygod, Tygoat Taylor. Tygoat, Tygod, yep. Because I think he just has the potential to put up solid QB1 numbers. He does it on the ground. He does it through the air. And Buffalo should be an okay team. So Mm -hmm. I don't think the game script is going to hurt Tyrod Taylor. I don't think they'll be a dominant team. I think there'll be plenty of opportunity for him to show his arm strength. And that is my pick. But Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford wouldn't have been a bad pick there either. I like Ryan. I feel like Ryan is being criminally undervalued this season. Yeah, he's being treated like he has no no floor at all. Like he's just kind of this this random late round flyer that can't be trusted and he's had some very productive years in his career so i don't really understand where the hate's coming from yeah and he has one of the best wide receivers in the game yeah one julio jones yep and julio has come out and said that he's gunning for 2,000 yards this season so he's not messing around no man someone's got to throw julio those 2,000 yards the yard. okay whatever that was there sure i just go with it just roll with the punches <laughs> All right, now so, we're getting to the back end of the draft now. Yeah, as it comes back to me now, so I'm going to start eyeing the tight end group out there. Uh, I like Ebron. I like Zach Miller. I like Antonio Gates, too. As like a, Oh, Gates is still there. Wow. Yeah. So That's ridiculous. All three made it to me, so I kind of got to decide which route I want to take here. A uh, lot of those three, I think not Zach Miller. Yeah, so really, well, you have Gates and Ebron sitting there, so yeah. Miller has a concussion too. So yeah, so that, that's other news coming again. out of camp. So uh, who knows what's going to happen with I that? Think out of these, I think I want to take Old Man Gates. Uh, you know, he's not the spryest uh, gentleman anymore, but all he does is catch touchdowns, and you know, so I like touchdowns. So I'm going to take Antonio Gates. Mm-hmm. That's what you're looking for on the tight end position. Yes, him touchies. And as we come back the other way, I think I'm going to take. A last running back. Okay. Sort of try and bolster it. And I think I'm going to take, uh, oh, interesting, interesting. Trying to decide between my boy, uh, Jarek McKinnon, uh, a Jordan Howard, mm. or uh, a Buck Allen. Those are kind of the three, three names that really jump out to me. And I think. Mm, mm. Don't you dare take Jordan Howard right now. Don't do it. I'll let him get to you just so you can like salvage your draft a little bit. Uh, I think I got to take. I think I gotta take Buck Allen. Yeah, uh, I'd like to. Jerick McKinnon has the highest upside of those three, 
but considering what my running back group looks like, I need the guy who has the who is I think going to get carries pretty quickly. I mean the the idea that yeah. Forsett is going to be the three down back right away is nothing suggests he's going to do that. Allen is more of that kind of bruising back, so I think. Well, apparently Terrence West is the back that has been dominating camp. <laughs> I know it's still early. I know it's still early, but whew. man, I haven't heard that name in a minute. Yeah, I know. Talk <laughs> about murkiness with the Baltimore backfield. Yeah. But as okay, my so sixth running back, I don't hate it. I'm really hoping that Jordan Howard makes it to me in the 13th because I already have Fat Jerry locked up as my RB1, I suppose, at this point. Yeah. There he is. So it looks like he did. He made it to me, so that's fine. So now I basically have, well, most of the Chicago backfield. And then Third's I guess it. we're into the do I draft a kicker? <laughs> oh, Philip Dorsett. Or defense part of the draft. Or I could just punt both positions and grab high upside and hope that, you know, something will happen before the season actually starts. It's true, yeah. But. I'm going to tackle this as we're doing a mock like pretty close to the start of the season. Yeah. So I'll actually just go ahead and draft a kicker or defense, and I'll grab. What? Good oh. boy. <laughs> yeah. The Hauschkas. Yeah. Hauschkas. Yeah, he's a, he's yeah. the best kicker to ever kick a ball. So it's a good pick. Yeah, basically. I mean, that's insane. 14th round value. Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> good. Get that kicker in the fourteenth round. I can't believe this is happening right now. I'm actually surprised looking at this draft. The first kicker went in the thirteenth round, which is not like a real draft. There's always some some joker that takes one in like the eighth round. Yeah, there's actually been a pretty solid draft if you look at it. There are no yeah. quarterbacks went in the first three rounds, only one tight end, because I've seen Jordan Reed come off the board in the third. Oh yeah. Definitely so it's pretty that. solid in terms of competition as it's draft the computer teams you know they did solid so as it comes back to me i have to make a very big, important decision on which big decisions defense and here kicker i'm going to take oh my god uh, let's look at this kicker list see if there's any names that just like i'm flying off the board at me oh man that's my turn i'm not ready so not ready <laughs> um, pause is there a pause button pause pause not ready <laughs> line up that bangles d and uh Dan Bailey, like, he was a very high-scoring kicker the last year that Romo was healthy. So, Dan, Dan Bales. And, and uh, yeah, Cincinnati ooh. defense should be solid this year. Yeah. In the 15th round, Sha. Cha, cha, bra. Cha, bra. And now I have a very critical decision to make. Which defense should I take in the very last round of this brilliant zero running back draft? Which we just annihilated it. Just all, uh, annihilated it. Foster. <laughs> annihilated. See, Oakland defense went already. Woo, people are all aboard that Oakland train this year. What a bunch of fucking fools. No, it's going to pay off. <laughs> when they go 16-0. and 0. Wow. No team in the you history heard it here of the NFL first. has ever done that. Yeah. <laughs> that has never happened. <laughs> and this is absurd. No, you heard it here first, guys. That's a bench stash hot steak. Oakland undefeated this season, and then they'll lose in the first round of the playoffs, breaking hearts. That's that's a very upsetting prediction. Ooh, Fitzy going in the fifteenth round. Fitz magic. Alfred Morris. 
that guy take Zeke? Oh, he did. He's got his handcuff locked. Oh, wait. No, he didn't. No. <laughs> I got excited there for a second. Oh. Jumped the gun. New England defense, Buffalo defense, Pittsburgh defense, or Jacksonville defense. I'm going to go. Not that it really makes a difference. This is I'll crucial. Be streaming defenses the entire season, but I'm going to go high upside with Jacksonville. Whoa. Woo. You know, they're getting some key pieces back. And they should be halfway decent this season. Supposedly, allegedly, allegedly decent. decent. And now, fantasy football calculator says the draft is over, and that's it. it. We did it. We, we did completed it, guys. A zero we did it, fam. Draft. How do you feel about your team? Looking at my team, I don't feel great. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but I typically don't like drafting zero running back i think there is a clear drop off in running back tier right after about mark ingram Mm. and mark ingram is going early in the third round so if you are going run or wide receiver wide receiver wide receiver then you've already completely lost out on that tier yeah and then i think after mark ingram there's like a middling tier of potential running back twos i would put demarco murray thomas Rawls, cj anderson Deion lewis latavius murray in that category and then the rest is well jonathan stewart i guess i'll i'll add to that category just for your sake yeah and the rest is is fairly concerning and all those running backs are off the board in the fourth round you're talking about the elite tier of running backs and the middling rb2 tier so you have to keep in mind that if you're going zero running back you have to be completely comfortable with missing out on the first and second tier and you will be left with Jeremy Langford potentially mm. as your RB1 and Rashad Jennings as your RB2. I mean, I love my wide receivers. That's the whole point, I suppose. You're going for safety. Des Bryant, Allen Robinson, Jeremy Macklin, Jarvis Landry. I would not be comfortable with this running back group. I probably will not be drafting zero running mm. back, but we just wanted to show you guys what our teams look like. And I know a lot of people are firm believers that this is the year the NFL has fully shifted to a passing league, and you would be foolish to take a running back as early as second pick, like Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. But I kind of old school mentality. I just like having that clear cut running back one, that elite tier, even if due to recency bias, everyone is like, oh, no, there's no way. It's such a fragile position and there's guaranteed to be 18 injuries in that tier. And nobody that's drafted in the first round is going to finish first in their position because that's never happened before. So this whole idea that the running back position is cooked is a little bit overstated in my opinion. But, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with my draft. I love having John Brown as a fifth receiver going down the board here. I think I mean, I have the best tight end in the game, so can't complain about that. Delaney Walker, Bilal Powell, Chris Johnson, DeAndre Washington are all high upside guys. But really, I guess the point of this zero wide receiver is you're kind of beating the uh, the flex. You're kind of trying to finish first in the race to the flex. Mm. So I would definitely be flexing a wide receiver. So yeah. I really only have to be concerned about two running back spots. So... With this mix, I'm sure I could come out with two starters every week. And potentially with Bilal Powell, Chris Johnson, DeAndre Washington, there is a chance that they turn into the full-fledged starter on their respective teams. So I guess I don't hate my draft. I'm just not really comfortable with it. I, I kind of have that like grimy feeling drafting zero running back. Like, oh, I just yeah, I can't do it. 
Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, I even like I looking at my team, and this is probably the like prototypical zero RB team of like the guys that I took. Uh, pro- except probably replaced Avante Booker with DeAndre Washington with how hyped he is. Um, yeah, but outside of that, like Stewart, Geo, Yeldon, Sims, like everyone is talking about these guys as zero RB targets. Um, it's like the guys that if you can hit on, then like you'll be fine doing it. Uh, but it still is like very scary because all these guys are going this late for for scary reasons. Stewart is injury prone. Geo is in a yeah. timeshare, and the last time he had the full time workload, he kind of broke down. Uh, TJ yeah. Yeldon in a timeshare. I think he has a good. He could handle for work the full workload, but you're counting on an injury for that to happen. Charles Sims, it's basically copy and paste what we said about Geo. Uh, yep. And it's, you know, it's all just kind of kind of dubious stuff. If this were a real draft, uh, maybe I still would have gone Antonio. And at the 2-3 turn, I still would have taken a receiver, perhaps. Uh, but I definitely would have taken Mark Ingram. There's no way I would have let him slide past me there. In fact, if you replace, say, uh, Demarius with Mark Ingram, I don't hate those first four picks. I kind of like it. I think Ingram and Stewart yeah. are a good one, too. I like Stewart's like upside to potentially be an RB1 if he can stay healthy the full season. I think that's the only thing that could stop him from doing it. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Brown and Alshon are, that's a great one too. Uh, and then after that, it's kind of the, the middling rounds where you're just looking for anything that's not complete garbage. I would have been happier with Melvin Gordon than Gio. I think he's kind of at the end of a tier of like, he's, he's going to get the, the bigger piece of the pie there. So it's just, can he be better than he was last year? And watching Gordon play last year, it always felt like he was close to breaking a big run. Like that offensive line would immediately be breakdown. He'd get met in the backfield to make like one or two guys miss. And then at the end of it, he'd only gain a yard or sometimes it'd be a loss, but he'd actually be like the total yards he'd be gaining would actually be like four yards. Just he'd be met in the backfield. Um, so I, I like Gordon a lot to break out this year. I think that he's like a there's some there's a few running backs out there. I'm like, if you get one of those guys, I could see justifying your running back like a Melvin Gordon, like a Jonathan Stewart, like a, a Ryan Matthews. You know, those are those are those guys where I'm like, if you can get, if you end up with those three as part of your zero running back, then like, I see what you're trying to do. Uh, but I think that it's, let's say you miss on those guys. Let's say you miss on, you know, you had missed on, you know, Jeremy Lankford, say he had been gone. You know, it's, you're sort of counting on. nothing, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're counting on these guys that are sitting at the end of the tier being there. And if they get taken right before you, what do you, what are you supposed to do? Whereas if you're in those mid rounds and you miss on a wide receiver, you're hoping is going to come to you. You can take another wide receiver. Who's just like so similar and is in like almost yeah. going to give you the same thing. So I, that's why, go yeah. Ahead. I mean, if you're talking about the two extreme draft strategies, zero running back and robust running back. Personally, I feel like robust is a better way to go because of the fact that you just mentioned in the middle rounds, there's a bunch of receivers that have high upside that could easily take over full-fledged wide receiver one duties on their teams that are just on the verge of breaking out. You have this huge group that you can draft in the fifth, sixth, seventh rounds that I would be okay starting every week. Mm -hmm. Okay, if I take four running backs the start of my draft, I've solidified the fragile position, right? Okay, the upside is there. If one of them breaks down, I have a replacement ready to go. And then in the middle of the draft, you're looking at a lot of solid wide receivers that, frankly, outside of the elite tier, you're talking, you know, A.J. Green, Des Bryant, uh, basically the crop of wide receivers that go in the first two rounds. Outside of that, you're dealing with a lot 
of similar wide receivers with similar upside, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at the third round, outside of Demarius Thomas, who is theoretically a safe pick, you're looking at a whole bunch of upside picks. I mean, T.Y. Hilton has that explosive capability, but will he put it all together and have a complete fantasy season? Sammy Watkins, he's ultra-talented, but will he stay healthy, and will he produce in a low-passing-volume offense? Brandon Cooks is the same. There's a lot of mouths to feed. Mike Evans, he's huge. He's a great red zone target, but will he like positively regress in terms of touchdown catches? So once you get to that third, fourth round of wide receivers, there's a lot that are interchangeable, in my opinion. So that's why I just feel more comfortable going running back early. And I think the whole thing with the zero running back is it's anti-fragile, right? Okay, mm-hmm. well, you're avoiding the risk early on. You're taking the wide receivers that will produce every week. You don't really have to worry about injury risk but then you're stuck with these running backs that are really really iffy and if something happens to your anti-fragile wide receiver then not only are you dealing with the this group of running backs that is horrible on paper and you're depending on so many different factors to fall into the right place for them to step into the starting position but if anything happens to your elite tier of wide receivers then your team is literally in shambles Mm mm-hmm which I just don't like, but I know it's it's a hot strategy. So what is your it take is. on uh, no, the two extremes? I'm, I'm with you. I prefer robust running back of the two. Uh, I'll also say that I think zero running back is kind of where you're drafting specific, like board specific. Like yeah. it makes sense in the top half of the board, but where you were drafting, I mean, it would have made more sense to go Lamar Miller and Jamal Charles than it would have been to go Des Bryant and Allen exactly. Robinson. I think that... The later half of the draft, it makes more sense to go robust running back than the top half where you're kind of forcing robust running back a little bit and where I can see the zero uh, zero running back argument. Uh, but I still yeah. tend to fall the robust running back side. Uh, I think, like, for me, it's as simple as, like, yes, all running backs are risky. A lot of them are going to get hurt. Uh, even the ones in the first round, it's something like, only like 40% of the top 10 running backs actually finish as top 10 running backs. It's like a really, really low rate. Damn. But what do you think your chances are of hitting on one of these mid-round guys? You know, only there's only a handful of running backs that win their starting job and take over and become a top 12, top, even like a top 20 running back. It only happens to a few guys each year. And so it's. I think it's kind of a, a little bit of a big ego to assume that the guys you are targeting is going to be one of those guys. Um, yeah. So it's. I. I think it's. It's less risky in the earlier rounds, but it's more risky overall. I think. I think you're more likely to be stuck in a situation where you're like, "Well, none of my running backs hit. Now I have to hope I can get one from the wire, or you know, try to find one on the trade market." And as we all know or should know running backs are worth the most on the trade market. So you're kind of on the wrong side of that transaction if you're trying to trade for a running back. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm a robust running back guy. I mean, I usually go with a balance in an actual draft. I'm usually somewhere in between. But if I had to choose the two extremes, uh, robust running back. I mean, we'll see. I think the next episode, we'll both try robust running back and see, see how see we how like it. it works out. Maybe we'll look yeah, at I our think... wide receiver group and hate it. Who knows? 
Yeah, that's that's very true. But I think you hit on the whole uh, draft positioning aspect mm-hmm. because looking at where I was in the draft, 11th overall, it would make a lot more sense to take Lamar Miller and Jamal Charles. I could have had both of those guys. Yeah. But since we are drafting zero RB, I went Dez and Allen, which, I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, no. those are two elite-level wide receivers. Yeah. And it fit the draft strategy. But personally, I would have taken Lamar and Jamal, locked up two potential running back ones. And then in the third round, then you could take somebody like Jeremy Macklin and have Jeremy Macklin as your wide receiver one. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you in the fact that I prefer more of a balance. It seems like it's a year of extremes, though. Like you're either drafting zero running back or you're drafting robust running back. Like gone are the days where you just kind of mix and match based on the value mm-hmm. of the position. Um, so next draft, like you said, we'll do robust running backs. See how it looks. See what it looks like. You know, if, if we go four running backs or five running backs, just go really heavy. Yeah. Just go deep into it. <laughs> go deep in those running backs. Yep. Yeah, just deep ball that robust draft. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's look to wrap this up. Anything you wanna you wanna add in before we clock in at less than an hour? It looks like less than an hour. That's a record. But that, I mean, it's fifty-seven we minutes. It. We're like we're just under minutes. an hour. So. Yeah, I think that's probably where we should aim okay. to keep most of our pods. But we'll try to idea. start running out multiple pods for you per week as mm-hmm. we get closer to the season. Yeah, uh, being that we live on opposite sides of the world, it can be a little bit tricky with the uh, time zone issue. Yeah, but uh, we're looking to make a lot more content for you guys this year, and you should see a lot more on our Twitter. Uh, we just partnered with Bleacher Breaker, so check out bleacherbreaker.com. And all of our content will be on there. We'll start writing some articles. Yes. And we're just we're going to go hard for you guys this year. We're going to dive right in. Yes. Love dive. So please, uh, please like this video. Subscribe to our channel. Comment below. Tell us what picks you liked, what you didn't like. Uh, any just the most hateful things you can possibly think of, probably. Yeah. Feel free to you know like or dislike. At least that shows us that you're looking at the video. Mm-hmm. Either way, you yeah. know. That's all we're looking for, you know. If you have any suggestions, criticisms, like you guys are just terrible, your takes are garbage, hey, that's fine. Tell us what we can do better. You and know? The answer is nothing because it's already perfect. Yeah, well, that's, you know, <laughs> we agree there. Yeah. All right, let's wrap Leo this Khaleesi. up. Leo uh, Khaleesi. Yes, as your boy Leo Khaleesi. All right, let's wrap this up. See let's you do guys it. Let's cut it. On the next episode, uh, that's it. We never have an, a sign-off thing, so... We're just going to end it. Boom. Boom. Spirit fingers close it. Spirit. Oh, okay.